Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. You download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store, click on the My Tickets section of the app, create an account, and then under the Billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. One more time, that's code THEATHLETIC, all one word, for your $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year, December 31st. So make moves quick and score some last-minute tickets. everybody welcome back to another edition of the teardown you thought on the last episode we were done with you for a while and, you, and we weren't going to be joining you for your drive on the holidays or anything like that but here we are jordan we're back again my name's jeff gluck along with jordan bianchi jordan you, you did you think you were done with the christmas spirit yet <laughs> i cannot get enough christmas just so much christmas there's not enough christmas to go around and so here we are back. This is our this is our gift to you personally, Jordan. Me and the readers. This is our gift to you to, to uh, have you talk one more time, um, at least before the the holiday break. So we're back again, and we have a little bit more news to talk about. This this wasn't the busiest news week of the off season, but we've been doing them every week so far. So why not why not do one more before everybody scatters for Christmas? But uh, Jordan, I guess the biggest news of, of this week was the Haley Deegan development where she goes over to Ford as the development driver. Um, that was a little bit puzzling for me initially because I'm like, man, Toyota invested so much into her and really sort of hyped her up as, as the next big driver in their pipeline and seemed to really have, you know, sort of a lock on her future. And, and you would have thought that she'd at least get some truck starts with them. Next thing you know, She's hopping over to Ford. Um, what did you? What was your first reaction to this, and what do you make of all this? Boy, I, I have a lot of reactions. I was I was surprised, like a lot of folks. Um, I, I knowing that Toyota was high on Haley, um, they liked her. They, there was some talk that she was going to do some truck racing next year for Cowboys Motorsports. Kind of started to kind of slowly get her involved with that and see how she did. And then the more I thought about it, and the more I went back and, and I looked at some notes from some conversations with people I've had on the Toyota side, some other conversations I've had in the industry, I wasn't completely surprised. And I think what Haley said today, you know, in, in a press conference and in her teleconference, and I asked her explicitly what made her want to leave Toyota for Ford, and she responded that there was kind of a logjam of opportunities within Toyota and where you know where you could go. And if you look at it right now, I, I can see what she's, why she would think that. There aren't a ton of upward opportunities maybe with Toyota that there seems to be with other manufacturers. They, they, they are set right now in the, in the truck series. They've got two promising drivers they're bringing in this year on the Xfinity side. Um, you know, Harrison Burton's going to get, a, is, is now getting moved up into that ride that Christopher Bell occupied. And then you look on the cup side and they, they certainly are set there with Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. And Eric Jones and, and Christopher Bell. So, I can understand why Ford would be an enticing prospect. If you if you're with Ford and you look at the drivers that they have on the on the Cup side, 
they definitely skew older. And it's really easy to see that there are going to be opportunities over the next few years to maybe get one of those rides with Stuart Haas Racing or another team that's that's backed by Ford. So knowing that, I, I wasn't completely surprised. Um, I also know that Haley is regarded as a talent and, and, and folks are high with her, are high on her and what she can do. But she's not regarded necessarily by a lot of folks as a transcendent talent. As somebody who can instantly come in and, and make a difference and is going to be somebody who's going to win a bunch of races and you know dominate and, and be that next generational kind of driver. Like we've seen Kyle Larson do on levels. Uh, Eric Jones, uh, Christopher Bell, William Byron. You know These different drivers have come along and just kind of made their stamp and, and assert themselves. It doesn't, you know, from people I've spoken to, they just don't see Haley as that kind of driver. Doesn't mean she can't win races. Doesn't mean she can't be competitive. It's just not that she's maybe that that upper upper tier driver. And if you're not that kind of driver, then you know maybe you're not as valuable as maybe some people think you are. So you know my my take on this is more of the latter than the former. Uh, you know, the, initially when you're talking about how she says, well, the pipeline is really clogged. Uh, I don't know if that's really, I mean, I could see where she's saying that and, and, and wanting to use that as one of her reasons, but I mean, let's think about this for big picture for a minute. Okay. She's at least four years away from cup because she's going to run, you know, nobody was saying that she was going to run full-time truck this year. So whatever she runs this year, whatever she was even with Toyota going to run this year, it wasn't going to be full-time truck. So you're going to do, let's say full-time truck. 2021 best case xfinity 2022 cup 2023 by that time four more years from now things could have changed for toyota i mean you you could not only you don't know what's gonna happen with eric jones maybe christopher bell has moved up to gibbs but you know truex hamlin you know by that time they're in their you know mid 40s almost there there could be seats opening up there I, i just don't think that's a valid thing if she was in xfinity now and having to make this decision like like bell was I could buy that a lot more, but she's so far away from that, first of all. And, and you know, I, I just don't, I, when I look at Toyota versus Ford, you know, the opportunity to get in a Kyle Busch truck to me, if, if you're going to, if you're a young driver, that's, that's where you want to be. Um, more than anything is, is to try to get with Kyle Busch equipment. Um, now if you don't perform, that's really bad for your career. Very, very bad. I mean, you look at Todd Gilliland, um, even Harrison Burton, to some degree, that that was sort of a, a stain on him um, to not do well in those trucks. But the opportunity is there, as we see. That's great equipment. So I think as a young driver, I would I would want to be there and I would want to win in that kind of stuff to to follow the Byron Bell type path. Um, so I just I just don't know what you know if that's the case. Now I I buy more of the the second part of what you were saying, where Toyota maybe looked at her and goes. Uh, maybe we weren't, you know, maybe she's not, you know, quite the amazing talent there. I mean, because look, she's got a great, amazing personality. There's no doubt she has some potential. She won some short track races by, you know, being physical and, and nudging people out of the way. And I've, I've seen her race. She has talent, but when she got on some of the bigger tracks, she really struggled there. Um, you know, and she was in the, the top equipment in Arca, you know, in those Venturini cars. And she just didn't really... You know, she didn't do anything special, I guess. I mean, she was seventh at Pocono. She was eighth at Kansas. Um, but, you know, she she didn't really, you know, sort of, I don't know. When she went over to K and East as well, it was where the, the competition was tougher than West. 
I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is I have a feeling that it was more of like Toyota being like, hey, you know, and I, and I don't know this, but, you know, if, if you wanted to walk, you know, we could offer you to stay here if you wanted to walk. You know, maybe you get a better offer, and Ford comes along and goes, "Hey, we'll we'll, we'll take you. No, oh, this is this could be great for our development program. We don't have much going on here. We'll we'll throw a lot of money at you, and and we'll give you this opportunity." And I think she was more like, "Hey, that that could be good for me." And Toyota was like, "Hey, we're not going to stay in your way. You know, it's it's been nice, but you know, we'll we'll go ahead and let you go." Is that is that long rant? Do you think there's any truth in that? No, I think you're. I think what you're saying is probably what happened, and from the conversations I've had with people. That kind of sounds like what's happened. And Ford made her an offer that Toyota necessarily either didn't want to match or was unable to match. And I think in some respects, it's probably best for both parties. Ford gets a young, promising driver that they can do something with. And this kind of frees a spot on the Toyota side. And Toyota has some promising drivers coming up. You know, you hear a lot about Chandler Smith, who's this young driver who's come up from the short track ranks, who's won a bunch of ARCA races. He's going to be in a KBM truck this year on a part-time basis. He's kind of the guy, the next guy to come up through the Toyota pipeline that people are looking at as this is going to be a superstar. So it it does work out for both sides. I I can see why this is, is in a way, is kind of a win-win. Yeah, I could see that. So what, you know, as we sit here today, um, you know, obviously Haley Deegan has not made a national series start yet, but I've, I've, you know, told, I maybe I've even had this conversation with you on a podcast where I think if she, if she makes it to cup, if she shows that much talent and can actually make it there and have an impact, I mean, I think she could be just absolutely massive for the series based on her personality. Um, not, not just the fact that she's a female, but, um, you know, I just think that she she's so engaging, you know, that she could be so marketable for NASCAR. But again, you've got to have the success that goes with that or else people, you know, fans sour on you and they feel like the media is overhyping you. And, and you know, not only Danica was accused of that, but Dale Jr. was accused of, of that. So, we, you know, as we sit here today and we, we don't have enough evidence to, to conclusively judge her career by any means yet. I mean, she's 18 still. But where do you think her her career goes? I mean, is she going to make it to Cup, or is she going to be sort of another situation of ah, we wish it would have worked out, but ultimately it didn't. I, she's talented. She can win races. But I think you made a really good comment uh, when you're talking about what she's done the last few years. And while she's done well on the West Series and she's won some races, and I'm impressed with how she's done it. She's not afraid to mix it up. She's not afraid to shove people around. And there's something to be said for that. But as you said, she has struggled in ARCA starts. When she has ran East races, she has not been as competitive. It has been a struggle. And the East is considerably tougher than the West, if you look at those two series. I just think that there's a long way for her to go in her development before I'm ready to say that she's going to be somebody who's going to make a difference on the national level. We've seen drivers come out of the West series, and we thought they were going to be superstars. Todd Gilliland, um, and he's still got a long way to go in his development, but Todd Gilliland is one. Um, uh, and I'm going to butcher his last name. What number? Uh, Dylan. Uh, Kwasniewski. Uh, yes. Yeah. He was a Ganassi yes. development he, driver, and people. Yes. he was part of that NASCAR Next class. They show that picture sometimes on Twitter now that I think uh, – like Blaney, Bubba, all these guys were in. Like every, Elliot, yeah. Like everybody made it from that class pretty much, except Kwasniewski. And I thought he had some talent, but yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's just I think you know you really have to look at the the bigger tracks as you know. There's there's a lot of great short track racers in the country, and you always wonder what they would do. But you know, 
you know, I, I look at Haley even when she got onto, and and these aren't even big bigger tracks necessarily, but a place like Gateway, um, Iowa, New Hampshire. Um, you know, she she was eleventh in New Hampshire and Canaan East this year, twelfth at Iowa, ninth at Bristol, ninth at Gateway. So it's just when you you pretty much you really have to it has to hit right away in some cases, or it's going to be a longer road. And I just think that it's it has a chance to be a very long road for her. I think she's going to get opportunities, though, is the thing. So she's going to have the chance to really – and if she gets in the simulator and she learns and, you know, she's obviously a very hard worker and she's fearless too. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think she'll she'll be able to make a career in something racing. I just don't know ultimately if, if she'll make it all the way to cup. But, but we'll find out. And I think it would be good for everybody if she did. So I'm not, you know – rooting against her by any stretch of the imagination. I just think she does have more to show. Um, and so hopefully Ford gives her that chance and that. And I, I will say also, Jordan, I think she's going about this the right way, exactly the right way. She's not rushing it at all. I mean, I, I was actually surprised when they did their announcement. You know, we, we heard this, this announcement may be coming. And I thought for sure some truck starts would be part of the actual announcement. It turns out it's just a full season of ARCA and basically like the, the lower level of IMSA. So no truck starts guaranteed. Now she said they could happen, but that wasn't part of the announcement. So I think she's really going about the right way. She's she's slow playing it. She's taking her time to learn. And she even said today at some point, look, you know, you only get one chance with your reputation. And once people sour on you, that's kind of it. So I think that's the smart way to play it. No, I, and I agree. I think you, you, you know, we lose sight of the fact that she's 18. And, and, you know, drivers nowadays are coming into NASCAR younger and younger. And there was a time not too long ago when a driver wouldn't hit the cup series until their mid thirties. And that was sometimes considered early. And I think it's okay not to rush. I think it's okay when you're a young driver who doesn't have a background in asphalt racing and you're still learning the nuances of this. It's okay to take your time. Like she said today, I think like you, she made a really good point about, you know, you don't want to rush this. You're only going to get one opportunity usually. And if you don't do well in that one opportunity, it's over and you're done with. And there is a long list of drivers who were heralded as guys who are going to come in and win races and be competitive. And it didn't happen for them. And they're not around anymore. And I think you, you have to be mindful of that. And I think to have a plan of saying, hey, we're going to keep running the regional stuff. We're going to continue to show that we can do this. We're going to get better at this. I think going into the ARCA series and running big tracks, and she's going to get a lot of exposure on those this year, that the, that's the best way to do that. And, you know, it will come. The truck series starts will come. The Xfinity stuff will come with time if she can show she can do it. And the thing she has working for is, like you said, is there will be those opportunities. If she goes out and continues to get better and wins, those opportunities will be there. And if they don't come, it's because she's not winning and not showing she's deserving of them. The, really, the ball is in her court all the way around. Jordan, another topic this week that happened, uh, we see now Brennan Poole is uh, going over to run for Rookie of the Year. And um, I think we talked about how the, uh, you know, there was that funny dynamic we, we spoke of where he is essentially going to be uh, partnering with the the organization that he once sued. Uh, we, we talked about that last week briefly. But um, let's that talk. That just cracks me up. It, it does. It is funny. But um, let's talk about the, the Rookie of the Year class itself now um, because it's, it's getting more crowded. Now that you have John Hunter Nemechek as well, that was announced recently. Um, he and uh, Michael McDowell will be over at front row. Um, so really all the seats in Cup are, are mostly filled at this point. And I believe five rookies by my count. Am I missing one? You're going to have Brennan Poole, John Hunter Nemechek, and then all of the big three 
from last year's Xfinity, which is Bell, Custer, Reddick, all moving up to Cup. Am I missing anybody? Or you're is, leaving is one. You're oh. leaving one notable name out. Who's that? Quinn Huff. Oh, Quinn Huff. I major apologies, Quinn Huff. Uh, yes, that that is right. I I boy, I'm gonna. I feel so bad, Quinn. I'm. You're not gonna be able that. to sleep. I'm sorry about that. So, uh, six rookies though. Um, in basically what is often a 36 car field, sometimes a little bit more. So <clears throat> six of the field. Uh, that's going to be fairly interesting. I think what happens there. Um, let's let's go ahead and and just uh, try to do a, a ranking off the top of our heads here. Um, I'll I'll start because I, I know I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't even tell you we're going to do this, but I'm going to say that um, ultimately. Tyler Reddick wins Rookie of the Year, and the reason he does is because I think he has the best chance to win a race. I don't think he'll finish the highest up in points. Like I think Bell will finish up higher in points, essentially, uh, if if you weren't taking wins into the playoffs. But because they do um, the standings for Rookie of the Year now based on uh, how far you get, you know, so if a driver was to make the playoffs, I'll say that Reddick is going to do that. Bell, I think, will have a more consistent overall season, but the Rookie of the Year order will go Reddick, Bell, Custer, Nemechek, Poole, and Quinn Huff, who I keep just uh, disrespecting repeatedly here on the podcast. Do you have an order for Rookie of the Year there? I like Cole Custer to win the Rookie of the Year, and primarily because of the team he's with. He's joining an organization, Short House Racing. It has fast cars. They're competitive. I, I, you know, they, they're, 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 he's with an organization where you are expected to do well. You have the resources to do well. He's joining a team last year that was formerly a car driven by Daniel Suarez. They were competitive at times. They led some laps. Suarez almost made the playoffs. I like the fact that Custer's hopping in this situation. And I think Custer's a good driver. And I think he sets up well on a lot of the racetracks that make up the cup schedule. He's very good on intermediate racetracks. That's his bread and butter, and that's the bread and butter of the cup schedule. I, I, I hear what you're saying about Tyler Reddick. I think he's a driver who can get a lot of speed out of the race car. I'm going to be interested to see how he makes this transition. He did a great job last year in a limited start in the cup series. He actually finished in the top 10 at Kansas last year in one of two starts he did. I think that's good. My concern is, is about Richard Childers racing as a whole. They did not have good cars last year. They had speed in qualifying, but when it came to the race, they struggled. They did not have that same speed. How is that going to translate this year? If there's not going to be a lot of changeover in the rules package and teams aren't committing the same amount of resources to building new cars because they're focused on 2021 and the new car that's coming, uh, how much change and, and progress is Richard Childers Racing able to make from one year to the other? That concerns me. That's why I'm not as high in Tyler Reddick as you are. Um, you know, I, I like Christopher Bell. I think Christopher Bell's got a lot of talent. We've seen that. I'm going to be interested to see what his adjustment is. The one thing about Bell is he does crash a lot, and I think that's going to be something that he's going to struggle with in the Cup Series initially. Um, as he gets his feet underneath him and he gets acclimated to these cars, as he gets uh, acclimated to racing better drivers who are going to take advantage of him any opportunity that they can, I think it's going to be it's going to be a slow learning curve for him. I think at times he's going to be competitive, but I also know it's going to be a struggle for him and expect him to tear up a lot of race cars. And he's with the team in Levine Family Racing. They were very competitive last year at times. They looked really good. Uh, they're going to get more uh, support from Joe Gibbs Racing and Toyota. I think that's going to be a good thing. But I think it's going to be I think they're going to be a second half team, and I think it's going to be slow out of the gate for them. 
Um, the other two guys, John Hunter Nemechek and, and Quinn Huff, I think they're going to be in tough situations. Uh, both of those situations aren't necessarily with teams with a bunch of resources. Where you can expect to be competitive is going to be a challenge. John Hunter Nemechek did a good job last year in the races he did for the team. But that is a team that's not geared for running at mile and a half racetracks, not geared for short tracks necessarily. And I think it's going to be a challenge to go there and to really be able to showcase your ability. So um, looking at it, I would say Custer, Reddick, I'm sorry, Custer, Bell, Reddick, then Nemechek, then Huff. All right, Jordan, let's take a quick moment to talk about one of our sponsors for this week's podcast. I'll let you do the honors. Thanks. Let's talk about Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. Maybe tomorrow night. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com Teardown and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to Roman.com slash teardown to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash teardown for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash teardown. All right, another good ad read by you there, Jordan. And, uh, of course, for our listeners who listen to this on the athletic platform, there are no ads at all with this, so... Um, there's going to be three ads on this week's podcast for the non-subscribers or the people listening on the free platforms. If you don't want any of the ads, go to the athletic platform and listen there because that is what our subscribers get. We don't uh, bombard the subscribers with ads either on our articles or the podcast. So that's one perk for them. So if you are not digging the ads, uh, feel free to listen on the athletic. Anyway, Jordan, we were talking about... Um, Christopher Bell a, a moment ago, and I did see that um, NASCAR on NBC on their website, they had their staff writers compile a list of the 10 best drivers of the decade, and Christopher Bell was number 10 on the list. I was like, come on, yeah. guys, come on. And Nate, I like how Nate Ryan uh, tweeted, like, uh, I did not vote Christopher Bell here. My This was my <laughs> colleague doing something. Is there is there any world in that we you can possibly imagine that Christopher Bell was the tenth best NASCAR driver of the entire decade? No, I, I don't understand it. I have a lot of respect. We you know we're we're both uh, you and I are friends with Nate Ryan and Dustin Long and and I have a lot of respect for that crew over there. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I you, there's no justification for it. I mean, if I'm going to pick an Xfinity driver, if I feel like I need to have somebody kind of outside the norm on my list. It would have been Tyler Reddick. They're, they're not that far apart in wins. And Tyler Reddick has two championships, where Bell has zero. So, yeah, I don't understand that. It, it, made, it, was a, it was a curious decision, to say the least. All right. Well, we won't bag on NBC too much. I just wanted to get your reaction to that because, hey, I mean, it, I guess it got people talking about their article. So I don't know if, that, if they were going for the, uh, the shock value of it. Um, sometimes people do that in the media. I don't think NBC typically does that, though. So... Um, but it was interesting. It just caught my eye like, what? Uh, but anyway, um, 
we we know we know at least Nate Nate Ryan wasn't a part of that. So Nate, if you're listening, <laughs> you're off the hook on that. Um, His reaction online was pretty good. On it, Twitter, it was, was good. it was. He said it perfectly. <laughs> he said it perfectly. Um, you know, I, I guess uh, this this popped up once again, and I, I think even you maybe had reported this earlier or, or mentioned this at some point, but. Um, we see now, I think it was an Adam Stern report, uh, that the live pit stops in Xfinity and trucks, um, may be reduced or or eliminated, I guess, at, uh, the standalone races. This is something that's been talked about for a while now, but it seems to be, uh, gaining more momentum again. Have you heard anything about this and what do you think of that as a rule change? Yeah, I, here's what I've heard, and I can tell you, this has been long considered. That as going back towards last summer, uh, early fall, this has been something NASCAR has talked about. There, there is serious discussion about this, whether it's going to happen or not. Honestly, kind of depends on the day of the week and depends on who you talk to. Um, there are some people in favor of this. There are some people not in favor of this. There are some of NASCAR's partners that are in favor of this and some NASCAR partners that are not in favor of this. And it just kind of depends on who you catch at the right time. I understand the reasoning behind it. The reasoning is simply to save money. So, you know, the standalone races, the truck series and the Xfinity series run, they're not flying in specialized pit crews to service the car, the cars and trucks. And it eliminates the, you know, having to spend this, the, you know, blow out your budget. I, I get that. It, it, on some level, it makes sense. And obviously saving money, these teams need every help they can get. Um, I don't know if it's the right way to go. I, I have concerns about that, especially if you're only going to do it in some races and not others. That seems it would change the kind of fundamental of how races are ran. I, I don't know. I, 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 To me, if you're going to have pit stops at the national level and in the Cup Series, I almost feel like you need it in the cu- in the other series as kind of a training ground. And not, you know, we always talk about drivers and you know, developmenting them. This is also the same for pit crews, and I think this is a good opportunity to get people into the sport and get them experience and, and, and pro- as a proving ground, and then they can move up. Um, I think there are a lot of ways to save money. I just don't know if this is the best way to do it, and I'm also concerned that that this is going to limit some of the action that you see. You know, track position and pit stops and strategy are all important elements of NASCAR racing, and I think eliminating that is going to be eliminating a, a big chunk of how what we're used to seeing. And I, and I just don't know if I'm ready for that and or, or if that's even a good idea. Well, I'm really torn on this. I feel like the possible solution that's out there now is one of these solutions that's like sort of a half-assed deal um, that NASCAR kind of comes up with sometimes as a compromise but doesn't really solve the, the problem, essentially. Um, and, and that's concerning. I wish they would sort of come down on it one way or the other rather than try to find this middle ground. I understand what they're trying to do because using a cut pit crew on a companion weekend, you know, the, the pit crew is essentially already there unless they're flying in on race day morning. But it's only one extra day. You know, it doesn't it's not a really a huge deal for for Joe Gibbs racing to have their pit crews there or whatever. Um, so. You know, I get that the cost is much less on a companion weekend now to fly them, you know, to Road America or to Gateway or something or whatever. Um, you know, that's that gets trickier. But at the same time, you know, I, I I would rather them go one way or the other. I wouldn't mind if they just got rid of them in some ways, because, it, you know, this this is really is if it's really supposed to be the proving ground and the upcoming drivers um, and, and a place where names are made here for Xfinity and things like that. 
I don't really need to see the pit crews making the difference in the race. I think it would open the door for a Brandon Brown or a uh, Jeremy Clements or a Josh Williams to have better runs if they're not, you know, having a good day and then they go in and they just get completely demolished by some some other pit crew or something. But at the same time, I agree with what you're saying, which is that if you're going to be coming up through the ranks, you need to be practicing these these pit stops and know how to do a live pit stop before you get to cup, obviously. So that's that's a problem. Um, I guess I just wish that, you know, in, in some ways, it's just another thing of the teams going, oh, please stop. You're, you're making us spend too much money and we're going to have to bring in these cut pit crew guys, blah, blah, blah. I think if if really NASCAR wanted to, what they could do, um, you know, we've seen them do it with crew rosters to limit they they know who's they know who's getting hard cards and who's who's being who's performing in each of these series they they make drivers declare a series they can make a pit crew member declare a series and then you have yeah, i like that idea a lot you, you have essentially the xfinity crew a, a lot of the xfinity crew guys themselves would be doing the pit stop it would be you know pretty slow but it would be more even across the field if if a if a cup team wants to use their development guys or whatever fly them in you know, I, I don't think that would be even worth it to them in some ways. I mean, I guess they could, but I think they'd rather just use the, their people all at the track already, which is how obviously everybody used to do it back when pit, when crew stops, uh, when pit, when pit stops, excuse me, were first implemented. It's not like they had specially pit crew guys. It was just the crew that did it. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's not the solution either, but I, I just don't, I don't love the idea of, uh, you know, having sort of a, a mix mixed ground where you're you're trying to do both no i agree i I do like your idea i think there's merit in it and the one thing i always go back to is when you know teams talk about saving money and you know and nascar needs to save us from ourselves what i know though is that some teams are going to take that money and they're going to save it that's great there's also going to be other teams that are going to take that money and they're going to allocate it elsewhere so they're really not saving it so i always feel like i don't really know if this is actually a real way to save money if there's if, if the desired effect is actually going to be, you know, helping teams in their budgets. Cause I don't think that's going to be true in some instances. All right, Jordan, we talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side of the game that's just as important. And I'm talking about mental fitness calm, which is the number one app for sleep and meditation has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and calm know that your mind is LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body and Calm can help you train your brain so that you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. Um, Jordan, I got to be honest with you, for this ad read, they wanted me to try Calm and I listened to it, uh, one of the meditation ones, and and, uh, this is just the first time I listened to it. Um, I never tried meditation before or any of this mindfulness stuff that everybody talks about, but uh, just 10 minutes I listened to one and I was like, Oh, wow. That definitely, I could definitely see where people like that. And that helps a lot. So, um, they also have sleep stories on there. Now, personally, right now I don't have a problem falling asleep because I'm so tired with the baby all the time. That's not an issue. But if you, if you're somebody that kind of struggles to go to sleep, they have these calming sleep stories on the app. They have so much stuff and I'm looking forward to getting more into it as I explore it. But, um, our listeners can join in too, because for a limited time, you can join in, uh, myself and LeBron. We're in the same sentence, Jordan, by using Calm <laughs> with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash teardown. You can unlock the content to help you focus, ease stress, sleep better. So get started at calm.com slash teardown. That's calm.com slash teardown. Jordan, any uh, final thoughts about this week? 
we we really are taking a one week break this time, Jordan. It's not a it's not one of these things where I'm faking it like last week and saying, "Oh, we're done before till after Christmas." This is really is our last episode before Christmas. So, any final thoughts? What are you, what are you up? We're going to be up to now. Uh, spending time with the family and uh, uh, heartfelt. I actually mean this. I'm not just being you know facetious or not being sarcastic. A sincere happy holidays to all our listeners and all our subscribers. We appreciate the support. It's been a great year. Uh, look forward to what we bring you in uh, 2020 because we've got some great things coming. And so happy holidays to all our listeners. Wow. I'm, Jordan, I'm surprised uh, to hear this nice sentiment from you here. I don't, I, you've thrown me off so much. I guess, I guess I should just chime in and, and echo your sentiments here. Uh, no, I mean, we obviously, you know, you know um, the athletic is, is a big organization and, you know, we're, we're trying to serve a large audience out there and we, we are grateful for that, but we really do feel connected to all of you who listen to this podcast. I think we both see all the, the Twitter comments, uh, when you guys listen, even in the off season saying, Oh my gosh, thank you guys for doing another episode. And, um, we're happy to hear this. And, uh, that really, that really does make our, our day when we see this, because, um, even though it's a big sports world out there, we we feel like we have our own little slice here in, in the NASCAR world. And for you guys to take your time, um, and money investment for our subscribers uh, to be part of that and read our work and comment on our stories and stuff. We really do appreciate you all. So um, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all of you out there. And we will be joining you before New Year's. We will have one more episode. Um, so we're not going away for the rest of 2019. There'll be one more episode. But um, thanks so much for listening. In the meantime, be safe, everybody. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you next time on The Teardown. Down.